Thanks for tuning in. One of the things that makes Outcasting and its related programming possible is financial support from listeners like you. Please visit us at outcastingmedia.org and click on support to make your tax-deductible contribution. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to The Game Show, Outcasting's LGBTQ plus game show, where we discuss the news, LGBTQ facts, and more. The format is very simple. Each contestant will ask three questions on three separate topics and take turns posing and discussing these questions with the other contestant. The person who correctly answers the most questions, or cracks the best jokes, is the official Outcasting Supreme Leader of LGBTQ facts and puns. That is, until next month, at least. Today's edition of Outcasting's Game Show is a smackdown between Chris and me, Sarah. Hi, Chris. How's the pandemic treating you? Uh, Not the best, you know. I just have to uh, lay in bed all day and do nothing. But I'm really excited for today's game show because, you know, I haven't exactly won most of them and I haven't done one in a while. So just excited to win today. (laughs) Okay. I would say I'm rooting for you, but I am the other contestant. So I'm rooting for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I guess I'll start with my first question. If you dare. All right. (laughs) So. Andrea Jenkins is the first openly transgender Black woman to have been elected to public office in the U.S. What state is she from and what year was she elected? Was it Florida in 2010, New York in 1995, California in 2003, or Minnesota in 2017? This is a good question because it's like, is it shockingly early or shockingly late? Mm. We're in New York, so I might have heard about it if it had been in New York. But on the other hand, I wasn't alive in 1995. Neither was okay. I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, my guess is Minnesota in 2017. That's my final answer. That is correct. Um, when I first found out it was in 2017, I was just like completely shocked that it was that late. I thought it would have at least been in like 2010. But it's shocking how even like recently trans women and like black people have still been like marginalized in today's society. Yeah, it is shocking that it's so late, but it's also like maybe it shouldn't be shocking because of like how things still are in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I think it's just like kind of a wake up call that we need to be like more progressive as like a society. Yeah, obviously like a step in the right direction, but one of many steps. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's my first question. In August, presidential candidate Joe Biden announced Kamala Harris as his running mate. Harris is the first woman of color to appear on a major party presidential ticket. And one of her staffers, Karine Jean-Pierre, is also making history as the first Black woman and out lesbian to hold her post. What position does Ms. Jean-Pierre hold? Is it A, Chief of Staff, B, Press Secretary, C, Speechwriter, or D, Chief Data Analyst? Ooh, well, I have no idea because I'm not (laughs) really that into politics, but I will try my best. I'm going to say, hmm, this is hard. No pressure. I mean, it's only being the outcasting supreme leader of LGBTQ facts and puns on the line here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Big stuff. Yes. I've only won once before and lost like four times. So (laughs) Um, I'm going to say C, speechwriter, because uh, not to stereotype LGBT people, but all the uh, well, most of the LGBT people I know are um, excel in liberal arts and such. (laughs) Well, you're talking to a programmer right now, so I don't know. But good guess, but unfortunately incorrect. 
The correct answer was A, chief of staff. Oh my god. I'm I'm embarrassing myself. I got to get the next question right. <laughs> oh, it was it was a hard question. Um but uh Karine Jean-Pierre has also worked for the John Edwards campaign in 2004 and she worked in the White House Office of Political Affairs in the Obama administration. So not only is she a black lesbian and like making history for that, but she's also really qualified for this job. And I think a lot of people are excited to see what she's going to do as chief of staff. Well, I'll keep my eye on her and and I'll research more about her tonight, but she seems like a a great person to have in office. For all of you keeping score at home, that's me in the lead here with one point to Chris's zero points. But we do play six questions, so there's there's still time. It could go any direction. Um, Chris, how about your next question? Okay. So Poland has recently struggled with anti-LGBTQ attitudes by designating certain areas to be LGBTQ-free zones. Ten members of parliament protested this. How did they protest it? Did they A. Organize a drive through event in which queer people would enter the anti-LGBTQ zones, B. Wear dresses of different colors so that when they stood together it looked like the colors of the rainbow flag, C. Publicly humiliate the mayors of these anti-LGBTQ zones by posting their home addresses on LGBTQ social media platforms in Poland, or D. Create an online petition to bring RuPaul's Drag Race to do a live telecast from one of these anti-LGBTQ zones. <laughs> well, I, it would be cool if D was the answer, but somehow I don't think so. Um, let's see. I'm really leaning towards A, organize a drive through event in which queer people would enter the anti-LGBTQ zones. That feels true because it's like safety, like pandemic, like maybe people don't want to, people want to get together and demonstrate against this, but they don't feel safe doing it. So they would drive through. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've convinced myself. Now it just has to be like also factually correct. <laughs> so, okay. That's my final answer. A? Yeah. That would be incorrect because the correct answer would be B wear dresses of different colors so that when they stood together, it looked like the colors of the rainbow flag. Wow, that's actually pretty cool. So basically, uh, there was this article where these 10 women wore like dresses and they were like all different. So if they were standing by themselves, you wouldn't notice it. But they all like got together and stood in like a line or like a row. And they were like, it was like red, orange, yellow, green blue indigo violet and i thought it was just really cool because um it was just showing how like government officials and like members of parliament like, like show their solidarity with the lgbt community because like it seems like the government's out to get them especially at this time yeah that is really great to know that like at least some people in your government support you even though you know other people the other party i assume has just passed these this like pretty bad legislation mm-hmm all right, my next question is also, unfortunately, about anti-gay legislation. Despite victories in some parts of the world, not Poland, but some parts of the world, one country's leader doubled down on his anti-gay stance and promised that same-sex marriage would remain illegal until at least 2036. What country was it? Was it A, China, B, Russia, C, Bolivia, or D, Italy? Okay. So I don't really know much about these countries, but I do know that uh, Mr. Mr. Putin isn't exactly the most progressive of men. So I'm going to go with B, Russia. That's a pretty good guess. In fact, it's so good that it's correct. Oh my God, you got me nervous for a second there. I don't <laughs> ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're right. The answer is Russia. Although 
same-sex marriage is not currently legal in any of these countries. So right now in Russia, same-sex marriage is not legal, but Vladimir Putin has supported changes to the Russian constitution that would make it a lot more difficult for even future presidents to legalize same-sex marriage. And the ban would also prohibit same-sex couples from adopting, which is like functionally not allowed right now, but this would like codify it and like put it in stone. Well, hopefully not in stone, stone, but it would put it into the constitution and make it a lot more difficult to get it repealed later. Well, that's really unfortunate to hear, but I was really surprised when you said like Italy wasn't in favor of uh, same-sex marriage because my aunt used to live there. I know she had like a lot of gay friends when she was there. So that was like a little bit shocking to me. So the score is tied, but hopefully it won't remain so for long. Yes. Yes. Hopefully it will not. (laughs) Okay. Chris, how about your next question to hopefully untie the score? All right. Um... It has been known that there has been a big push to enforce LGBTQ curriculum being taught in schools across the United States. How many states have mandated LGBTQ curriculum? Is it A, 5, B, 12, C, 17, or D, 2? This is another question where it's either like shockingly high or shockingly low. But I'm thinking about it and I don't even know if New York, where I live, has a mandated LGBTQ curriculum. I just have no no idea about this. Um... But my instinct is that it's low. I'm going to go for five. That's my final answer. Well, that's a good guess. But unfortunately, it's correct. See, I there. <laughs> you did scare me. <laughs> so um, the five states where it's been mandated is California, Illinois, New Jersey, Colorado, and Oregon. Not New York, though. And I was actually surprised that it wasn't New York because New York's like known for being like really progressive. And, you know, I'm from New York, too. But I know some of these, a lot of these states aren't as progressive as New York. So I was just surprised that New York wasn't um, one of them. Well, maybe that's not so surprising because a lot of schools don't even mandate that U.S. history be taught completely. Like that a lot of things about, like, for example, segregation and like the civil rights movement get left out of some states curricula. So it unfortunately kind of makes sense that a lot of states don't mandate an LGBTQ history curriculum as well. Mm hmm. And I'm half indigenous American to, well, um, my mom is like um, from like the Quechuan people of Ecuador. And I know what it's like to have a lot of your people like left out of like the history books. Like my people were only involved when the white man came to the Americas. And it's like nice to learn that my people like existed, but I like learned nothing about that with LGBT people at all. Yeah, it's a really big gap. And like, especially with Stonewall, like we learn about like the civil rights movement and stuff, but not once in school have I heard like anyone mention Stonewall at all. Yeah, that's that's true. Even in like, you know, we live in New York, which we consider to be a more liberal state, like not even not even here is in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. Well, Chris, here's your chance to tie the game and a sort of positive note to end our quiz on Uh, my last question. After a flower shop refused to sell to same-sex couples, a small city's council unanimously passed an ordinance preventing discrimination against LGBTQ people. In what state, not traditionally known for its progressive policies, was it? Was it A, Kentucky, B, Nebraska, C, Montana, or D, Alaska? All right. So once again, I have no idea, but hmm. I do have a friend, like an online friend that lives in Montana, and like she says that it's not like really progressive. And I'm thinking of like a more of like a purple state 
well closer to a purple state than like a really red state so i'm gonna say hmm i'm gonna say b nebraska i mean not a bad guess some some serious thinking went into it but i'm sorry to say it's not right oh my god i lost once again (laughs) the correct answer was alaska which rhymes with your answer so maybe like partial credit i don't know um (laughs) but so the city that i mentioned is uh called Ketchikan, and it's located on the southern coast of Alaska. The ordinance took effect in August and will protect LGBTQ people from discrimination in housing, employment, and public accommodations, which refers to hotels, stores, and that type of thing. So we end the quiz with a positive question, but on a negative note for Chris, who unfortunately lost two to one. I hear that he's lost yet again. But it was a lot of fun being here with you, Chris. Because I won, but also because you're, you know, a nice person. (laughs) Oh my gosh, thank you, making me blush. Um, I would say, (laughs) I would say that I'm surprised that I lost, but I am not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good game, and thanks for listening to The Game Show. Thank you. See you next time.